But what would be the next step? Yeah, are we bold enough to go for the Bundesliga? And if we if we want to, how can we actually do that? Are we bold enough to uh, close the gap to the top European teams further and be crowned uh, champions of Europe one of these days? What what is the concept? What is the vision? What's the aim? So, Richard, I'm asking you. What about hungry for more? What type of club do we want to be? What do you think? A wonderful question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your <laughs> thoughts. Now, um, I listen. I listen to every word with uh, great interest. And on the other hand side, I think it's just some, some kind of like a mind game. You know, mm, true. You're right. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. You know, there is this guy. Imagine um, we get rewarded with a bit of penalty. <laughs> One thing's for sure: Emil is not going to take it. <laughs> you know, yeah, within the first 10 minutes, and then there's Manuel Riemann on the goal line, and everyone thinks that. <laughs> you know, and then, and then this you know that I know that you know game starts. Welcome to RBLE Global Tracks Leipzig's fresh RB Leipzig podcast in English. And it's brought to you by Richard and Mario. And amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. Both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So you, if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. Let's go. Auf geht's. Leipziger Jungs. Good evening, Richard. Good evening, Mario. Nice to hear you. Nice to see you. I thought you would ask me how I'm feeling today, but you didn't. But I will answer anyway. <laughs> um, didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm still recovering from the Sunday night. I visited a rock concert, you know, with all those, uh, like, sport stuff going on, mosh pits and so on. And I've got pretty much bruises still on my, my back and my legs. They hurt still. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, I'm <laughs> looking forward for the next one. And it will be on Friday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, whatever rocks your boat, mate. Whatever rocks your boat. Hopefully, you have recovered from those bruises what are we going to talk about today well let's uh, look at our key takeaways from the uh, match versus Mirsa Mir FC Bayern München I'm afraid we have to but we're also going to wonder to uh, about uh, whatever happened to the uh, slogan and motto hungry for more uh, more to be revealed in a few minutes and of course we're going to look at our next opponent probably the hard nut to crack again VfL Bochum. So let's get started with uh, some key takeaways from uh, the München match last Saturday. Gosh, we were optimistic, weren't we? <laughs> we went into that match thinking, ah, they're vulnerable. And uh, well, Tuchel had announced he's going to leave the club uh, in the summer. So a lot of upheaval. And he wasn't sitting with the team. He was sitting on some sort of silver suitcase or whatever that was. Uh, and uh, that just fitted his character. I thought that was okay. Of course, we lost two to one and we lost in injury time. That did hurt a lot. And when watching the first half, you know, the impression was, okay, uh, nothing much happened apart from two great chances for Bayern Munich. RB Leipzig was a little bit harmless in the attack. And my gut feeling was, crap. 
<laughs> I'm sorry for the wording, but um, if we continue like that, we're going to lose 2-0. So it was really refreshing to hear and to see that uh, RB Leipzig uh, upped their game in the second half and they were on par pretty much with uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, we were on level terms up to the end, uh, but um, Xavi was taken off in the 87th minute. There was a lot of fans criticized because it seemed that RB Leipzig stopped playing for the three points. That's just the feedback we've got. And unfortunately... Extra coincidence, extra effort by Chopo, who I actually like. I like the guy. He seemed to get longer and longer, and he crossed the ball into the box where, amazingly, 100 million euro gentleman from the UK, from North London, scored the decisive goal. A dagger into our hearts, I know. So we lost 2-1. But there are still some key, key takeaways from, from this match. And uh, the biggest one for me is, well, <laughs> we are still not a top-level German Bundesliga football team. Bayern München, Leverkusen are ahead of us. And they just seem to want three points more than we do. Just that little bit. So they have managed to beat us in uh, injury time. VfB Stuttgart is a different story because I think they are <laughs> they are extraordinary uh, performance for this year, and they are still out to well. They have to prove that they're still going to be in third, at least third spot, until the end of the season. Um, I do enjoy watching them play, though I must uh, must admit. And in the years to come, they must admit uh, they must uh, prove that they can sustain this level of, of football. But what I also found uh, was uh, that Blaswich. <laughs> He's extremely reliable. I know he's been put into goal by Marco Rosa because Pete is injured and we keep our fingers crossed that he gets well soon, very, very soon. But uh, Blaswich had a, had a very good day and he reacted brilliantly in a lot of situations and he kept us in the game. So uh, when we talk about our goalkeepers, I am not worried at all. Just just one question, Richard. What do you think uh, when Pete Kulashi comes back, can we take it for granted that he'll be back in uh, in in the starting eleven, or is Mark Rosen now changing his mind? What do you think? No, I don't expect Marco to change his mind because mm -hmm. he he made this decision once a few weeks ago, and then he declared that hey, Gulashi is one at one hundred percent, and he is our number one. Um, and he told us that Blaswig had uh, did a great job in um, be the one between our goalposts during this long-term injury Pete had. And even now, even with this one very, it was quite good. Like like he had most of the games he played for us. You know, Janis um, had outstanding performances, though a few mistakes in uh, recently um, versus Bayern. It was really good. It was remarkable good. But I'm dang sure that uh, Pete will return once he's ready to play. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summer, but that's, that's still a couple of months away. There was also a scene which is on my mind uh, about our good friend Joshua Kimmich. You know, Joshua Kimmich, I'm um, not sure if he was really felt by Openda. He, he was rolling on the pitch. But as he was rolling around, he <laughs> made sure that, I think it was his right leg, was straight up in the air hitting Openda right where it counts. Uh, I think Openda has a high voice now. A lot of people said... Well, was that on purpose? To me, I'm sorry. It did look like it was on purpose. I'm so sorry. Kimmich knows, well, knew what he was doing there. And 
to be honest. Uh, I don't. I do remember what he is, what he has given to the club, and during the time when he was played, when he played here. But I, for sure, did not appreciate that move. I'm so sorry. So I think that was well out of order, and he was lucky to stay on on the pitch. But when I also uh, was was looking through some some messages on the uh, on Twitter, some people said so I had with the impression that they were not really happy with the way RB Leipzig was performing, especially in the first half. Uh, really harmless in attack, um, and uh, sort of almost. Uh, little bit afraid of of Bayern Munich and not the uh, confident uh, team that we would like to see. What do you think, Richard? Uh, is this a fair description or is there something else to it? Well, you know, if you play an away game at uh, Bayern Munich, it's the, the Germans' top side, though they're, they're struggling a little bit this season. But, but still, these team is extremely difficult to beat for any team on, on, on the globe in the football world. And, and if you and, and if you're an RBL supporter and, and expect that our team is capable of outperforming and outscoring um, any opponent in every game uh, in, in every second of a game, then you just check your your, your expectations, manage your expectations, guys. Um it is just not it is beyond my imagination that there will ever be a club who's capable of doing this. Uh, even so, Bayern Munich last game away at Bochum, so they lost three two. And you always think, okay, this is something that well never should happen, but it happens, and it happens like in like you know, Bayern is, is, is traveling to Bochum and they're winning like fifteen out of twenty. Uh, like four draws and then one out of 20 they lose and it was just that game and if you bear this in mind and then put this into um, yeah into proportion so of our performance at Munich overall I think it was it was quite okay and and you, and you said it, it was it was pretty even though though we hadn't a really chance in the first half especially but um, our our club or players well came came out of the uh, out of the uh, halftime and suddenly they came out with more with more confidence so i i thought and you know to me it was a bit a little bit unlucky that we that we lost this so i would say it's not because the other team wanted it more no it was the the individual effort from that outstanding 100 million euro guy that Bayern Munich had in this in this yes central striking department and a really nice pass. So you you mentioned Chupo, okay, he he had this this final effort um, just before the goal, but uh, the the initial long ball came right from the midfield from I think it was it was Dyer and was dang close to be offside. So you know maybe sometimes this is just unluckiness and some co coincidences um, that you're on the uh, wrong side of the uh, results column um, if you're losing an injury time and um, yes I think it's fair to to argue that um, Marco Rosa changed Xavi three minutes before the end of regulation and that you don't have that uh, feeling, hey, okay, we're going for the win here, but do you have to go for three points in, in any time, in any game? 
I don't think so. I think it is okay to be satisfied with one point, especially if you bear in mind that we had our game versus Leverkusen where we lost um, yeah, seconds before the final was mm. all also very unlucky. And you would like to uh, um, prevent that to happen once more. I think it's a discussion that maybe will never find an ending because it's it's also okay if if you're if you're saying if you're afraid to win, you will lose. So okay, don't 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 uh, play to protect, play to win. Is it's fair and um, but it's it's I think at the end of the day, this is not de decisive for the outcome of of, of a whole season. Um, the coach made this decision and I'm, and I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. You can can criticize for him, but this is in my opinion never an an anchor uh to put this man uh on the, on the line for the for the coaching job in general. Mm. I agree with that point and uh, that it is still not time to question uh, Marco Rosa, but we may come on to that in our next section when we wonder what have happened to hungry for more. But another key takeaway and surprising key takeaway from the whole match day is that the fourth place of the Bundesliga, I think it's cursed. Nobody really wants it. Because on the next day, TSG Hoffenheim beat Borussia Dortmund in Dortmund. And uh, thank you, TSG Hoffenheim. We really appreciate that. So it seems like Dortmund and Leipzig kind of waiting for the next uh, club to arrive, which is uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, but they don't seem to be eager to close up either. Close. <laughs> um, so let's see where that takes us. Still, we are, the race is still on. We're still in a good position. We can still get there and uh, Dortmund will have come to, to, they will, they will have to place at Leipzig. So still everything to play for. But um, let's move on to our next section. And um A couple of days ago, I came across the motto that we had in 2019, and that was called hashtag hungry for more. So what about hungry for more here, you say, Richard? Well, I cast my mind back to summer 2019 and uh, RB and, uh, when RB Leipzig introduced that slogan. And that was the time when we just finished our third, first uh, Bundesliga season with a pretty respectable third place. So we qualified for the UEFA Champions League. In the uh, previous season, we didn't qualify for the Champions League, so we played in the Europa League and crashed out in the group stages. Do you remember that? That was really dire. But for the first time, we reached the uh, Dave Bebukar final. Lost 3-0 to Bayern Munich, but uh, we were there for the first time trying to suss out the situation in the ground, um, as we know, in the future, we knew what to do. And remember that Ralf Rannick was uh, the manager for one year, which was a bit surprising. It was sort of an interim manager because we were waiting for Julian Nagelsmann. And Julian Nagelsmann got the extra 12 months to finish his job at Hoffenheim. So it was a pretty acceptable, respectable season. It was also a season where in the first half we were pretty close to the leaders Bayern Munich and there was a feeling that we could get quite close in challenging um, them for the uh, championship. But in the winter, Diego Demme 
a long-standing and really uh, key player for RB Leipzig, changed uh, to the Italian league and he went to play for SSC Neapel. So we let him go. So sort of a, like a parallel this year. And after the season in the summer, we lost Ilsanga and Kunja. But we had some interesting new additions with uh, Kunku and Schick. And later in January, Angelino Nolmo arrived. But everybody was eager to see what would happen. There was a certain buzz in the city because we knew the slogan Hungry for More meant we want to take the next step. We want to win titles because at the time we hadn't won any titles. And there was a belief and a, and a, and a vision and ambition that we would actually get some uh, um, national titles. And uh, we qualified for the Champions League. Julia Nagelmann, Nagelsmann arrived as a very young and talented uh, manager who would take over actually an exciting team. And the expectation I remember I had as well was, okay, he's going to be there for three, four years. There's going to be a continuity. He's going to have time to shape and form a new team and bring them to the next level, you know, advance them from the RB Leipzig DNA of, of just, uh, well, of pressing um, and um, add some uh, tactical finesse um, make him a lot more versatile. And uh, that was pretty much the, uh, the expectation, but it was also the expectation that that would take time between you know, two, uh, three, four years. So hungry for more at that time meant we're going to take you to the next level and the next level hungry for more means we're going to get titles. That's what we're hungry for. Now, fast forward to today and uh, to 2024. Well, in summer 2023, we know we lost a lot of key players. Um, we don't need to go go uh, mention them all again because it kind of hurts too much. Generate a lot of profits, but we have a couple of titles on our belt. Two Dave Bebokal titles. Uh, but did we, did we win them with one coach? No, there was a lot of disruptions, disruption on the way. Um, two coaches, you know, Domenico Tedesco came in after it emerged um, in the second season of Jürgen Magelsmann that it was always a dream to coach FC Bayern München. So we let him go as well. We sold him. They sold him for lots of money. But it was the first sort of upheaval. And I also remember during that time, the position of a sporting director was vacant. Um, so the uh, now CEO Minzlav uh, did apparently did all the negotiate a lot of negotiations as well had a lot of influence, but I think it's fair to say he does not have the football background or the network there. But they put together a very exciting, very exciting team. But at the time they communicated as well. They have the uh, A double plus plus solution in the wings coming to Leipzig. We just would have to be more patient, and that would be somebody then with a big network, with a big expertise, and they would be there for a long time and provide the continuity and a plan and a vision and a concept. And remember, Max Abel came in, not during that time, but but um, he came in not so long ago. And you had this feeling in the transfer win window of summer 2023, something's happening here, something which is going to be built for the future, very exciting and could potentially put us on the next level. Also, Mark Rose has worked, had worked with him before, all hunky-dory. Then, of course, Max Eber left, another disruption. But despite all of that, the new team, the new additions with Golpenda, with Xavi, wonderful additions with Sheshko, and they all seem to be working really well. The start of the season was very good. 
But then we had to go about and uh, wreck it again in that sense and create more disruption by letting Forsberg go, by letting Werner go. I know he wasn't in the team, but now it would be nice to have an additional striker and to to have more options there in the attack, in the attack I think. So instead of trying to continue with a, with a solid plan and then a vision, no upheaval again. So now I'm actually asking myself, okay, given the fact that we need to be, apparently we need to be qualifying for the Champions League, we have some players who help us this year, like this season, like Xavi, but he's very likely to leave next season. There are rumors about Cesco. There will be rumors about Gopenda as well, because they keep scoring um, all the time. Werner is basically gone. We don't have a sporting director. Yes, Rolfen Schröder is there, but the more senior position is still vacant. Um, it's, you know, we talked about a couple of episodes ago that uh, with, with Olmo, there's a clause that he can leave for 60 million euros. And actually, these 60 million euros are actually batch, budgeted. So it seems the club needs to generate uh, profits from, from developing players and selling players. But I asked my, ask myself, what is the next step? Whatever happened, what about Hungary for more? Because we have now won a couple of titles, national titles with the Dave Bebuka and the maybe not so significant Super Cup. But what would be the next step? Yeah, are we bold enough to go for the Bundesliga? And if we if we want to, how can we actually do that? Are we bold enough to uh, close the gap to the top European teams further and be crowned uh, champions of Europe one of these days? What what is the concept? What is the vision? What's the aim? So, Richard, I'm asking you. What about hungry for more? What type of club do we want to be? What do you think? A wonderful question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your <laughs> thoughts. Now, um, I listen. I listen to every word with uh, great interest uh, because you, you're spot on. What what kind of club do RBL want to be? And well, at first, I think no one knows yet. So, because mm -hmm. there is a guy missing, like like uh, Ralf Rangnick, because there is no one, no um, no no stage hawk, you know, no no convincer, no one who burns for the club, who who is willing to tear himself apart for for anything that is um, uh, related to the club, and obviously, Ralf Rangnick was this guy because I remember quite well. Um, how Emil joined us mm -hmm. uh, in in 2015, I think it was. Yeah, it was almost nine years. It wasn't it wasn't in 2015, you know. Um, and he came out of his season with uh, Malmö FF uh, out of the Alsvenskan. And I remember that one game uh, in the last qualifying match, Malmö had to play at Salzburg. It was the the first leg match, and Malmö won there for me surprisingly at least uh, with 2-1 and and Amy scored the the game winner and I thought oh what's this for a guy hey mm -hmm. this, and he, he made a brilliant game and obviously it wasn't only me um, who recognized that and and so and that does it does that does basically mean you don't have to have much um, yeah knowledge about football uh, to <laughs> to were able to recognize that he's an outstanding um, player but what I'm talking about is 
what I'm I'm wondering what Ralf Rangnick did tell him and his and his uh, management that is the very best idea to leave a first league Swedish club who played in the Champions League and he played six Champions League games to join a second league yeah like club and then a second Bundesliga um, who has great vision and, and aims but imagine he was like you know, 24 I think 24 years old mm -hmm. in the very starting point of his career so Ralf must have had some extraordinary convincing um, points that Emil come to this conclusion yes go into the second Bundesliga is the very best I can do for my career and look where we are now so we are now a permanent European contender and um, contender in in European um, competitions in, in football we are in every year um, or we uh, managed to uh, win both two titles or two um, pokals in the mm -hmm. recently in the last two seasons so that comes in this comes into my mind that now if we now would have have one guy who is similar to Ralf Rangnick it would it must have been or it must be much easier to find the right um, convincing arguments that to Uh, to uh, uh, convince players to, to, to join us and, and even in, if, if it is one year not the UCL uh, so in quotation marks only uh, Europa League so we yeah. are spoiled aren't we I mean the, all the discussions that I follow also in, in fellow podcasts uh, German podcasts like for fans it's not a discussion about <laughs> not qualifying for international football or not Uh, for qualifying for international football or not. It's about the fact, are we going to qualify for Champions League or just um, Europa League? So it sounds conceited to others, like, uh, you know, Werder Bremen. They would love to have this luxury problem, I think. But it also shows that in the short space of time, in these, uh, since its existence or since the, let's say, third division, uh, which is 10 years now, um, we've come a, a long way in, uh, in a short space of time. It's always it was always successful. Each year was was a success. There was only a couple of setbacks. I would say the the the, uh, the first year in the second division when we didn't qualify for promotion, so we had to go and play again in the in the uh, in the second Bundesliga. And I disregard the ones in the Oberliga and Regionalliga. And um, so we only qualify in quotation marks for Europa League, and uh, that was pretty much the only only setback we had. Because after that, it was only uh, qualification for Champions League, and uh, in in that in in all these years. So we are extremely extremely um, spoiled, and I'm not sure how a lot of people would react if we didn't qualify for any international football. And maybe there's a concern that less people would uh, attend those games. I think we all could live with that, to be honest, because if you're only interested in extremely successful football, then uh, I'm not sure if you're in the right place. Um, and also, okay, the other concern is if you don't play for uh, qualify for the Champions League, then you don't attract high caliber players. Maybe, 
this mm-hmm. that's the question is it mm-hmm. is it really like that Be- because um this this was the, the point i was trying to d- describe um okay um emil in in his early 20s surely wasn't at at the top a uh, top uh, lad yeah no top guy in european football no he wasn't he was a development player but i'm sure he could have joined any other club in, in the first league somewhere like in like in italy or mm-hmm. in france or maybe maybe in germany too um so yeah we to to wrap this up i think we we need um one guy we need a a front office we need a sporting director um who will tell us the vision so what kind of club do we want to be and to But me if I, if i interrupt you there i think a good example is is by leverkusen of last year who uh, had a dismal start in the in the first uh, in the beginning of the season and really improved towards the end of the season it was a really solid and great team i mean uh, and uh, the additions they they made were just outstanding now you have a solid team like that in disrespect irrespective of the fact if if they they managed to win these trophies in the championships i'm not sure if they would actually stick together like that uh, in the next season and also if the coach stays there but That was a remarkable development. Would you foresee something similar for RB Leipzig with the, let's say, right sporting director? Of course, of of, of course, mm. um, I do, and 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 I think there are four clubs at least uh, in, in in Germany, um, whose well, no the the approach of those four clubs should always be: Hey, we want to be a contender for the championship, like Bayern, of course, Dortmund, of course, and then yeah, Leverkusen. And it, and it should be RBL. Mm-hmm. And in addition of that, maybe um, from 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 time to time, maybe Gladbach or maybe Stuttgart now, maybe even Frankfurt one one mm-hmm. day. So not every season, but at least those top four sides should have. It, it must have been the goal. I cannot imagine that it would have been in the in the spirit and in his mind of uh, of uh, Dietrich Mateschitz uh, that that Red, Red Bull Red, Red Bull is a a brand. Uh, for this brand and it's okay just being part of something no 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 where red bull is, is labeled on this is top side you're right if i look at uh, the german ice hockey league with eic red bull München, um by the way yeah, totally owned by red bull guys everybody who once follows ice hockey they don't have a problem with that um they're not champions of last year but the years before that and they're they're top side again this year and beat my team frankfurt last night uh, i don't forgive him <laughs> okay well i thought it was interesting in light of uh, recent events and the uh current mood in the city and also amongst the fans in the stadium and um It's uh, something we will definitely keep an eye on and uh, have to get through <laughs> on a high level, though. You know, we're not talking about relegation here. So let's move on to our last part. <laughs> The hard nut to crack is back. VfL Bochum. We go teeth in the investing, Richard. What can we expect? Introducing our next opponent, their return check. Oh, yeah. Um, well... Let me ask you one question, like like so often I, I did this with you. I so what, this. So what was the what? <laughs> Funny um, statistics? Let me guess. Yeah, of, Funny of statistics? Course. Okay, listen. <laughs> listen carefully. Um, what what does Bayern Munich, VfB Stuttgart, um, 
wait, wait a second, I have to check my notes. What do Bayern, Stuttgart, Frankfurt and Bochum have in common this season? They are part of the uh, Erste Bundesliga. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> just a smart ass. And this is the only four teams that only lost once at home. No, Bochum? Yeah. They only lost no. to Mönchengladbach uh, in the early of the season. And after that, they played. They, they, they had a one-all draw. I think it was against Dortmund. They beat Stuttgart at home. And yeah, most recently, I think everyone recognized they beat Bayern Munich at home 3-2. And in general, so this seems to to be a hard to beat team on their home ground. So this hmm. is why it's yeah, it's gonna be a hard nut to crack again. Not so, again. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some 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 factors we have to we have to bear in in mind um, because every time I I think of of, of Bochum and and before I started preparing this episode. Um, I was convinced that we always had issues with Bochum, uh, especially in away games. But but um, as I watched, uh, as I looked up the uh, uh, re results, in, especially in away games, it, it turned out that this was pure recency bias uh, to me. So we won our first eight games ever, so seven uh, times in the league, and in, uh, including second Bundesliga, and one time in the Pokal before we lost to uh, nil one to Bochum on match day twenty four last season. Mm -hmm. And may maybe this loss is still uh, spot on to me because it came after the uh, <laughs> don't mention it. No, don't hear it. You know, this one certain certain <laughs> game uh, that happened in, in March, uh, but uh, yeah, there was this uh, this Norwegian guy was involved and a lot of goals uh, on the wrong side. Um, yeah, this blunt guy, huh? Yeah, mm -hmm, this blunt yeah, guy. He's, he's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Mm. Um, could develop something here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and the very last match we played against Bochum was was the was the nil all draw uh, with two missed penalties. I think uh, all of us uh, remember mm. that with some uh, bleeding heart. And yeah. you know, interestingly, this game came again after a loss to Man City. So uh, so I think in general, it's some some recency bias as I mentioned. Um, so no loss to Man City beforehand this time. Okay. Uh, but um, considering the last results, shaky defense performances and inconsistencies in general, um, I have to admit that I'm not bursting with confidence in mm -hmm. our players to get away with three points here. But I'm still pretty sure that there are a really, really good chances that we will. So because, first of all, um, good news. Mr. Inexperience Pungible in terms of scoring goals and penalties by RBL players. Number one, Manuel Riemann is out for the game due to a yellow card suspension. He saw his fifth yellow card in the most recent match uh, at Mönchengladbach because uh, he complained a little bit too hard against, against the ref mm. in, <laughs> in the most spectacular way. He fucked it up, excuse my language. Um, yeah. yeah, because he, he ran like like 50 meters all over the ground to complain something, yeah, you know, not the decisive the decisions. And he had so many seconds to, to rethink his decision. And think, oh, no, I'm on, I'm on four yellow cards. Maybe I just leave it out now. He finished his job and did what he had to do and so the ref had to do well why do you think that's good news i know he uh you know he kept out everything that uh rb leipzig uh, players were, were asking about shooting at him especially those two two penalties 
Do you think? All, uh, do you think they the second goalie is 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 not as crazy as good? Yeah, first of all, you know, um, he is a good goalie in in, in my opinion. I think he's in, mm -hmm. in the in the upper half of all Bundesliga goalies. And on the other hand side, I think it's just some, some kind of like a mind game. You know, mm, true, you're right. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay, you know, there is this guy. Imagine um, we get rewarded with a penalty. <laughs> One thing's for sure: Emil is not going to take it. You know, yeah, within the first 10 minutes, and then there's Manuel Riemann on the goal line, and everyone thinks that. <laughs> you know, and then, and then this, you know, that I know that you know game starts. And yeah, and I think this is definitely not a disadvantage that he's not around this time. Okay. Um, and also not available to, um, to finish those not availabilities at the Bochum side is number four, Erhan Masovic, defensive midfield, received his yellow card as well. Mm -hmm. And he is, I think he is a pillar in, 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 in cornerstone. You're like, yeah, cornerstone, I think it's correct. Um, in defensive midfield. And this is going to be a, a puzzle. Thomas Leitch has to solve how to replace him because there is another player not around. It's number six, Patrick Osterhage, mm -hmm. um, who's now out for almost two weeks with muscular issues. And it is reported that he will not be available for the upcoming home game versus RBL. So let's take a look who is going to replace Manuel Riemann between the goalposts. I expect number 16, Andreas Lute. To be the oh, yeah, but that name rings a bell. He's, he's not bad. Yeah, that rings a bell because I think you remember him uh, with his stint at Union Berlin. Mm, probably. Uh, uh, some very years unpleasant. Ago. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yes, you're very experienced goalie. I think he's 35 or 36 years old already. Started his career at Bochum and um, had the starting goalie job for several seasons, especially in the second Bundesliga before he went to Augsburg and later to uh, Union, I mentioned already. And now he came back before the start of the season out of Kaiserslautern um, clearly as the backup for Riemann. Mm -hmm. yeah. But So maybe, yeah, but I, I, do, I do expect him and not uh, number 23, Niklas Tide, because he had well, like, no uh, experience at all. And, and uh, I do expect that Bochum will not, um, yeah, will not hide here. They I won't think, park the bus this no, time. No, they, no, they, they will not because they are, they are at, at home and okay. they beat Stuttgart and they beat Bayern Munich and they now they need points uh, to avoid relegation. Um, so and it's pretty clear that that this is their job to gather those points at home in home games. Okay, yeah, but that should be good for us. Of course, of course, yeah, and um, and I do expect the little trans uh, transition formation wise here compared to the last game, mm -hmm. and I think they will come up with a four-two-three-one with uh, number nineteen Bero next to the returning captain Lucia. Um He was out at Gladbach, and, and Bochum truly missed him, no doubt about mm -hmm. that. So now he's back, uh, back from his yellow card suspension. So Bero and Lucia in defensive midfield, and number seven Kevin Stöger as the central offense, uh, offensive midfielder. Um, then you have the, the attacking apartment with uh, Asano, who, who had a pretty mm -hmm. good chance in, in, um, in the first leg, yep. in the first match. At I remember. Yeah. And um, Broszynski will be, I think, the uh, number one attacker here, although he hasn't um, 
score a lot this season. And we will see maybe this guy to watch, um, a quite familiar name, um, because, you know, Bernardo mm. is with uh, Bochum, number mm -hmm. five, uh, left, left defensive side. And I think he is more than solid. I think in, in this in this squad, he is one of the better players. And um, this will not be an easy task to to get past him. And you know, I I remember his his offensive qualities as well. So yeah, number five Bernardo, I think it's it's worth the watch here. Okay, but um, just to uh, the thing that stuck with me now is uh, VfB Bochum are not going to park the bus because. Uh, I remember at Leipzig, um, our attackers will be kind of switched off in the uh, last part of the field uh, while attacking and uh, nothing seemed to have worked. It was not a very attractive match. So it gives me a little bit of hope that it works towards our advantage because I think our defense is 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 quite solid or and uh, hopefully that would work. And who do you think Marco Rose is actually going to send out this time? Okay, if Pete is at 100%, he will be our keeper number one, I told you already. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, you you said it. Um, solid defense, though we <laughs> have conceded the most goals in the Rückrunde with 12 of every Bundesliga team. So the numbers say something else, but, but I'm with you. Mm. But I'm, but I'm but with you, Mister. The captain is, is back, yeah. so yeah. But I, yeah, this, this is what I'm trying calms to, me down a little bit. Yeah, my my confidence in this in this defensive department is uh, quite good. So I expect uh, no changes here with Henrys, Orban, Shimakan, and Raum to start. Mm -hmm. um, for our lads, Schlager is not available because he saw True. his fifth yellow card. So that will very likely put Kampel in in defensive midfield next to Haidara and of course our offensive department containing four players Xavi Olmo Goal Penda and Chesco and all of those 11 will lead us to a 1-0 victory on the road and the game winning goal will score Dani Olmo with a converted penalty after 76 minutes so, <laughs> and I predict Gold Panda will get his fifth yellow card. <laughs> get it out of the way, mate. Get it out of the way. Get it done. It um, it, okay, it, it could have been worse uh, if if he receives this in, in in this game because if you look if you look at the upcoming game, so after mm -hmm. Bochum match, you know you have. Um, Bochum now, then Darmstadt, Köln and Mainz. And yeah, I do see a four-game winning streak here. And I, I say quite um, quite frankly, I don't think we will need Goldpanda versus Darmstadt. We will need him in other games, but not versus Darmstadt. That's true. Um, but I do believe it's going to be one nil victory as well. And as we called, Dregische Arbeitssieg. That's what's going to happen. Okay, let's keep our fingers crossed. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for another episode. And thanks for everyone out there who's been listening to us. We really very much appreciate it. And thanks for your comments and uh, your your feedback. Uh, like Rodney in the US, who's uh, given us some 
very encouraging feedback uh, via his uh, favorite platform. And uh, we also got, <laughs> I had to laugh. A list of Belgium actually said, yes, it was a steal for Real Madrid. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate that, that you agree with us. So if you uh, like this podcast, kindly uh, consider subscribing to it. And uh, also, we're very happy to hear from you, either by you leaving a review on your platform you can also contact us by email at talk to us at rbrdglobaltracks.com. And on Twitter, you can find us. Our username is uh, podcast underscore RBL. So thank you very much again, everyone. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. We're looking forward to three points again. We're always looking forward to that. And all we need to say now is auf geht's Leipziger Jungs. 